Right. We are live and all set to go. All right, Jim, I mean that you lose the video. Can you still hear me? Yep. Yeah, so uh, there may be a tiny thumbnail somewhere uh, on your screen. Okay, I'm not seeing it. Hmm. Um, yeah, it usually looks like three boxes. It's a black bar. I'm not sure if you're using the, uh, the Zoom platform itself. Okay, I'm not sure. You can hear me all right, right? Yep, we can hear you, we can see you. Okay, I'll just go with the introduction. Um, my name is Richard Rand, I'm chairman of the North Coast Zoning Board of Appeals. And this is an open meeting of the North Coast Zoning Board of Appeals and is being conducted remotely consistent with Governor Baker's executive order of June 16th, 2021, an act relative to extending certain COVID-19 measures adopted during a state of emergency. All members of the Zoning Board of Appeals are allowed and encouraged to participate remotely. The order allows the Zoning Board of Appeals to meet entirely remotely so long as reasonable public access is afforded so that the public can follow along with the deliberations of the meeting. The meeting is encouraged to follow along using posted agenda unless the chair notes otherwise. Members of the public who wish to view the live stream of this meeting may do so by going to the Northboro Remote Meetings on YouTube via the link listed on the agenda. Ensuring public access does not ensure public participation unless such participation is required by law. This meeting is full feature of public comment. So uh, we'll just go through the roll call of the members. Fran Baxter. Here. Macrotan. Here. Paul Tagler-Ferry. Here. Jeffrey Eliland. Here. Susie Seslicka. Here. Brad Blanchett. Here. Okay, and uh, the town officials, we have a uh, town engineer, Fred Litchfield. Here. And the building inspector, Robert Federico. Here. Okay, we'll open the meeting. First, the item on the agenda is continuation of the consideration of the petition of Proportunities LLC for a special permit to extend the use by 50 feet into a more restricted zone at 40 and 44 Lawrence Street, map 105, parcels three and four, located in the residential C zoning district and the groundwater protection overlay district areas two and three. And this was a held, this meeting was held, uh, this hearing was held at our last meeting was continued at the request of the applicant to this meeting. And uh, we have, Mr. Attorney George Connors on. Uh, so I do not see him. I do see a phone number. Um, so if that is the applicant or representative, you can use star nine to raise your hand um, and I'll move you over. Oh, yep.
All right, so you do have permission to talk now, and I believe it's star six to unmute yourself from your phone. Hi, this is George Connors. Hi, George. Hi, I can't get into the uh, meeting with my passcode on the computer. That's why I'm on the phone here now. I've tried it and it just doesn't seem to let me in. 311390. Should work. Um, Yeah, so that does (laughs) seem to be the correct password, um, and I can double check on that. Can you let me in somehow remotely? Uh, so the phone is the only other option that I have, um, but hang on one moment and I'll uh, check and make sure um, everything is correct. Do you have that prompt pulled up on your computer and I can uh, repeat the webinar ID and passcode for you? Do I have the, yeah, enter meeting passcode. Uh, yeah, so it is 311390, but um, do you have the correct webinar ID? That's what I'm wondering. Well, I, I logged into the, um, the um, meeting agenda just clicked on it and it came up to the Northboro meeting. Okay. Hmm. Let me see if I launch meeting. Northboro wants to use this application. Three one one three nine zero. Still incorrect passcode. Let's see what I can do on the phone. I'm sorry. Shall we try that? You can go ahead on the phone. That'll be fine. Okay. So um, the last time we met, we talked about some kind of issue with respect to potentially asking for a waiver or variance. And I authored a letter on the 15th of uh, February, and you've um, got a response from the building inspector just as uh, recent as 5 o'clock. Tonight, but I'd like to go through that letter and the uh, idea of um, what we are proposing. But first to say that um, in this particular district, A, we are replacing uh, a building with a house. There's some impervious structures on the lot um, that have uh, greater square footage of um, area in the more restrictive zone that being the two than the existing uh, the proposed house by uh, 1,056 feet existing versus 900, which would be in um, the number two zone for the house. So there's uh, a decrease in impervious surface as a result of this. Secondly, that the um, both buildings on the lot do not infiltrate groundwater as they have no um, infiltration whatsoever. 
And one of the buildings has a septic system that's more or less a cesspool in the backyard well into the zone two. So both of those uh, are going to have septic systems meeting Title V in the front of the lot in the zone three. The question is, can we move in by special permit, take a there? take the availability of the requirement allowing us to move 50 feet based on the fact that the groundwater district in the more um, restrictive is allowed per your zoning bylaw groundwater protection. And that takes us so that we do not use any land beyond uh, 50 feet in the groundwater tube for any construction activity. We're actually moving a septic system, an old septic system out of that. The groundwater bylaw is a overlay bylaw and the town groundwater zoning map is entitled groundwater protection overlay district map. Under the regulations for the one, two and three zones, we have 80,000 square foot required for a one zone 40,000 for a two zone and three, the three zone that is uh, our lot has what's called a provision to use the underlying zoning. As stated a minute ago, the overlie is the groundwater zoning district. It overlies what was previously there as the base zoning districts, the business, the residential, the various residentials and that. So when we go to the actual bylaw, it says that you can build in the underlying district for the groundwater three, which requires 20,000 square feet. Again, the groundwater three does not have a specific uh, square footage requirement as opposed to the groundwater one and the groundwater two at 80 and 40. Indeed, the um, provisions later on in the bylaw allow for two-family structures on 40,000 square foot lots. The totality of these two lots is just about 49,000 square feet, but as you know, there's an existing house. Um, in the groundwater three, you can have a two-family for 20,000 square feet. So again, it appears clear that the underlying district that of the residential 20,000 square foot district allows for the construction of a new house on the lot and the use of the existing lot. Now the building inspector has drafted a letter which we just got and I'd like to point out one um, thing that's very important in that. Um, he talks about the fact that there's an A&R. That A&R has been signed by the planning board but there's been no transfer of any lots. And as you know, until lots are transferred, an A&R is just that, it's a plan. Um, it conveys no rights, but in order to get a permit under zoning, we always need to provide a plan that shows exactly what we're doing. So while that A&R has been signed and is the um, principal exhibit in this particular application as to how you would grant a permit were you to do that and reference it. It simply does not take any legal um, basis or import beyond that particular point. So I'd like to make that very, very clear. Um, 
and we've gone through this now two or three times. I think there's a, a base misunderstanding or disagreement on the words underlying and overlay district. And I really believe that this particular application meets the requirements to the zone two. But even if you disagree with that, there are provisions to use 40,000 square feet for duplex housing. Duplex housing is two units on the land where we will have, in this instance, as we petition, two individual houses. We don't wanna tear one down. That's manifestly unjust to require. So we request uh, consideration under the bylaw and the provisions of it, even though we disagree with the um, interpretation of overlay versus underlay. And I think that the board could certainly consider that in their deliberations. I'm happy to respond to questions and comments, and I really wish I could be in the meeting, but again, my passcode doesn't work. Okay, thank you. Any uh, questions for board members? No? Uh, right, Mark, go ahead. Just a second. There we go. Uh, are we creating two lots here? Yes or no? There were two lots shown on a plan prior to this particular A&R. This particular A&R referenced simply um, worked to make lots wider to meet the width requirement that is now present in the zoning bylaw. But prior to that, there were two lots and each one of them um, was able to be considered building lots under the underlying zoning. So no, there are not two lots being created. It's two lots that are being redivided, if that's the correct word. Okay, how big is lot one? Total square footage. Uh, it's about 29,000 square feet. And how big is the second one? And that is what address? Uh, that should be, can't call it my, uh, okay, let me see, hold on here. Is that 40 or 44? I'll tell you in two seconds here. If I... Oh, gosh. Forty. Okay, that is 40. Thank you. And does that currently have a dwelling on it? That is the existing house, yes. That is the existing house. Now, the other property is 44. Correct. And how big is that lot? That's just over 20,000 square feet. Okay. And how much of that is groundwater three? And how much is groundwater two? Uh, let's look at the drawing here. You can give me a rough. I don't need exact. Yeah, I think a, I think about a third of it is in the groundwater three, and two thirds of it is in the groundwater two. Visually looking at the assessor's map. So 
Right. So roughly, we can figure that it has um, uh, thirteen thousand square feet of groundwater three and seven thousand of groundwater two, thereabouts. Just the reverse. Just the reverse. Oh yeah. No, just the reverse. More in the uh, two and less in the three. More in the two. Okay. Oh, so most of it is in groundwater too. Okay, fine. Um, and finally, uh, what are you proposing to build on that? Uh, a house that has 900 square feet in the groundwater too. It's gonna straddle the line, mostly be in the three and replace some existing um, garages that are on that site uh, that cover about 1,056 square feet, and we'll have a reduction of about 156 square feet of impervious in the more restrictive two zone. But we now have infiltration for roofs, and um, that's all been looked at under okay. the calculations with the commission. Why has there been discussion on a duplex? That confused me. It's simply a alternative that's provided for in your bylaw that I thought would make a lot of sense that, hey, you can do a duplex on 40,000 square feet, presuming that we're dealing with the two zone. Presuming that you had nothing there, you had 49,000 square feet, mm -hmm. you could come in and say, look, I can do a duplex here and, uh, I would meet the requirements. And I, I, have, I have to say at this point, with respect to the various things that you're protecting in the bylaw, these, these two projects meet that. And in fact, it enhances it because it moves a septic system out of uh, well into the groundwater, two to the three. Okay, so there's no proposal to actually construct a duplex. No, it's simply a alternative okay. that- yeah. A illustration, okay. All right. Thank you. That's, I think I, have what I, I, I get a lot of echo. Who was this one? What was your name? Uh, Mark Rutan. Okay. Any other comments by board members, questions? Not seeing any. Oh, Fran, go ahead. Okay. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chair. All right. The actual two lots though, do have more than 20,000 square feet in them, correct? I'm so, sorry, I, I don't understand. So, so I'm just trying, the use, the use is to extend the, the development into the more restrictive groundwater, but the lot itself is 20, more than 20,000 square feet, the underlying, so, that's yeah. the argument, right? The underlying square footage of the lot meets the 20,000. The fact that a large portion of it is in a restricted, more restrictive groundwater is, I mean, it's about where you're placing the house, I guess. If you could move it a little bit more forward, we would be looking at the entire lot as 20 and 29,000 square feet and say that, of course, you could build the house because you're building it on the front of the lot because the lot itself is more than 20,000 square feet, right? The lot is a little bit more than 20,000, correct. Okay, all right. 
Okay, I just needed to say that out loud. Thank you. Does the rest of the board agree with your comment? Excuse me? That, that was an interesting comment. Um, I think we could certainly change the house so that very little of it is within the three zone. It'd be kind of an odd looking house, but we could um, at least look at making it so that it was all in the three zone, if that satisfies. Well, I'm, I'm Mr. Chair, I, what I'm I trying to, to gather is that the lot itself meets the underlying criteria of more than 20,000 square feet. No, Fred is shaking his head no. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I am shaking my head no. Um, I believe what Bob's letter indicated to you today was that because he doesn't have all 20,000 square feet of land on the lot without encroaching into the groundwater two area, he doesn't meet the minimum lot size. If he had 20,000 square feet without going into the groundwater two area, um, then he would have a lot, then he would have a buildable lot. Interesting. All right, okay, I guess thanks, I'm, Fred. Right, yeah. And we disagree with that because underlying zoning is what the B zone, uh, the residential 20,000 square foot zone requires. Hey, Paul? I'm not in the groundwater two area. Paul, go ahead. Yeah, uh, thank you, Chair. Um, so I guess I just want to clarify sort of Bob, your letter and, and sort of Fred to what you kind of just said just now. So this lot, 44 Lawrence Street, right, to Mark's question earlier, has about 20,000 square feet in total size. Two thirds of that is in groundwater three. We can estimate that at say 13,000 square feet and a third of it is in groundwater three. We can estimate that at approximately 7,000 square feet. So in order for this lot to be, you know, to, to basically be buildable, he needs at least 20,000 in groundwater three, free and clear. So it's not based on the total size of the lot, right? But based on the amount of square feet in groundwater three. I guess for Bob and Fred, is that is that sort of what your point is, Bob, when you say it's not a buildable lot because he does not have 20,000 square feet free and clear of groundwater three land to build on. Right. So even though the lot is 20,000, it's not buildable because only a third of it is in groundwater three, roughly say 7,000 square feet. And so therefore he would need an additional 13,000 to get to that level. That's basically what your letter is, is encompassing with other additional points as well, Bob. Is that right? Right. right. Okay. Hey, Bob, could you uh, just explain your letter to the, for the meeting? Yeah. Um, the first page is basically just some of the background and, and some of the um, requirements that are required for a single family residential in the groundwater districts uh, two and three. Uh, there was a short comment then about, about ANRs um, and whenever you draw, um, redraw any portion of a, uh, uh, a, a lot line, um, whatever uh, pre-existing uh, conditions were there in terms of quote unquote grandfathering, uh, those go away. And also that um, it's right on the uh, ANR that 
just because it's endorsed by the planning board and eventually gets recorded at the registry of deeds and you know it, it eventually comes to fruition um uh an endorsed anr is by no means a uh endorsement that whatever has been drawn out is um compliant with current zoning requirements okay in terms of uh, frontage and area and, and usages and, and all the other things that go around the zoning requirements okay so that's basically the first page okay uh, also describes that the new home on um where the current garage is now is divided by the groundwater well both lots are divided by groundwater two and three um this letter is essentially addressing um the proposed four bedroom home, not the one that's existing. Okay. Um, <clears throat> the letter also addresses the, um, you know, the, the, the 50 foot movement of the uh, groundwater boundary line, uh, which talks about, you know, that would require a special permit. Um, and that is for the use of the but nothing to do with the um, reconfiguring of the required lot area in terms of square footage. Okay. Um, so, you know, even with a, uh, a granted special permit to move that lot line, um, the use is, ex is extended, but the um, calculations for the required lot area um, is unaffected. Okay. Um, so again, uh, towards the end of the letter, um, the groundwater two requirements stated the minimum lot is 40,000 square feet, um, which is correct. Um, in terms of, uh, you know, what, what um, uh, Paul, I think it was Paul was saying earlier, is that in order for this particular lot to be considered buildable, um, I would need 20,000 square feet in groundwater three. Okay. Um, and that, and we don't have it uh, because basically you can't borrow uh, square footage from a more restrictive lot to satisfy the requirements of a least restrictive lot. Uh, this is a, a practice we've done on 90 West Main Street. And I believe in one other instance in town. Uh, and I think somewhere in the package, and I don't have it in this letter, but somewhere in the package is um, basically an agreement with um, uh, the town council stating that basically what, you know, I've been saying in terms of buildable versus non-buildable and required lot size um, is, is pretty much on the mark. Does that help? Yes, thank you. All right. <laughs> Brad, you had your hand up? Brad? Paul, go ahead. Uh, okay, so I guess, Bob, just following up on your, your comments there. Yeah. Um, so in order for this to become a buildable lot, right, they would need, and given the plans that are uh, dated December 9th of 2020, they would need both relief, right, um, to build into the groundwater two area by uh, the 50 foot extension provision, 7-07-010C, and to be granted um, relief of the requirement of groundwater three 
um, minimum lot size, meaning like, you know, you know they only have 7,000, so they would need the full relief of say 13,000, give or take. It's, it, it, to answer your question directly, I think you would probably need a variance, uh, you know, for, right. for a lot area, which... Um, I, 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 guess, I guess my point is, is that this application as it's currently written does not, is not gonna get them to what they are looking for. Probably not. Um, you know, I, I, I think that, um, you know, I, it, Mr. Connors and, and myself and Fred probably, and I don't wanna speak directly for Fred, but uh, I think there is probably a disagreement in how we, um, you know, look at underlying versus overlying uh, districts. Um, I'm pretty confident in, in the way we've always been running the districts and underlying, you know, um, groundwater three is 20,000 square feet. Um, any, any Why, can I ask a question? Sorry. Yep. Why is there the word underlying and what does it mean when you have a groundwater map and a bylaw that say overlay? Okay. The overlay district overlays all other districts in town. Okay. So they overwrite the rules. When you have an underlying district or underlying requirement and the overlay district speaks to an underlying requirement, it reverts back to the base um, zoning code. Okay. So what you've got is a, in, take for example, in a groundwater three, 20,000 square feet for a buildable home lot. Um, there's an overlay requirement if it's in a groundwater two or groundwater one. But in this case, uh, with the groundwater three, uh, it says um, allowed as under, um, under um, underlying um, requirements. Okay, so whatever uh, overlay restrictions there are, in this particular case, RC district uh, groundwater three, uh, it reverts back to the original base requirements, which is 20,000 feet. And the only requirement beyond that, the groundwater area three, two, under your C area three, two, is that it has the percentage in impervious calculation proving it doesn't have an impact. Right. So and the underlying it... is the 20,000 square feet. Right. You have, have 40,000 for the two and 80,000 for the one. Correct. But here, you're not asking for a specific area as you are in one, as you are in two. You're saying go to the underlying area. Right, which is 20,000 feet. And we got it. Well, you don't have it in a groundwater three district. Doesn't say that. All right, thank you, Mr. Coins. Fred, you had your hand up? No? Any other comments? Uh, sorry, questions? Yeah, no question, no comment. Fred, did you have any input in this? Uh, I can only reiterate what Bob's already said is the way that the town has interpreted it is it the, the he's correct that the area three doesn't have a lot size requirement. It refers to the underlying zone, which is 20,000 square feet, but you can't use the more restrictive groundwater two area to satisfy the groundwater one, uh, three or the underlying zoning to meet that 20,000 square feet because that has a different requirement. 
That's the way the town has interpreted in the past and others. This is what the town, I specifically have been saying since October. Uh, this is what we referred the entire case to town council for. Town council rendered an opinion that he was in agreement with the way the building inspector was interpreting it. And as far as I can see, um, these two lots are not buildable separately. If they were to be combined as one, then there would be enough land area, I think in the groundwater three area or in the groundwater two area, they would have more than the 40,000 square feet. Uh, furthermore, at the time the bylaw was adopted, there was one house and one garage or barn area on the other lot, even though there were two lots. The applicant bought the land at a foreclosure in his trial trying to get two lots where there was originally one house and one garage. I think the appropriate thing to do is to allow him to build one new house and one new septic system and uh, we should all move on. Why would the applicant build a new septic system if the other one is functioning? That's fine. I thought that he wanted to build a new septic system, but one house, one septic system, one lot. Right, thank you. Any other comments, questions by board members? Okay, this is a public hearing. We'll open up to the public. Uh, Jim, can you uh, advise whether or not there are any uh, people out there looking to speak? I do not see any hands currently, um, and I'll keep an eye out for that. Okay. Not seeing any. Do you have any All other right. comments, Mr. Connors, before we finish? No, I really don't. I, I think that we're in disagreement over the base uh, language. You know, when you read a statute, statutory construction says you have to give meaning to each and every word. Underlying and overlying are the most important words here. I would note that we can go and petition for a duplex. I think it's manifestly unjust not to grant relief here. I disagree with the building inspector's um, comments relative to the A&R. It has changed. Nothing is a legal matter. And that the existing lots that were there prior are still valid under um, the statute. And that I really believe that this is um, something that the board should consider granting relief. All right, thank you. You're Anybody thank else? You. Mark, go ahead. I move that we close the hearing. Second. Okay, Mark made a motion to close the hearing. Paul seconded it. All those in favor, Mark? Aye. Paul? Aye. Brad? Aye. Fran? Aye. And myself? Aye. Hearing's closed. Okay. It's the uh, basically the last thing on our agenda, so why don't we discuss it and make a decision? Mark, go ahead. If I may. Um, I hate to disagree with Fran, but I disagree with Fran. Um, I believe that we created the overlay districts uh, because the operation of a household on the property impacts the groundwater. And it's why we, in these districts, have a requirement that you have a certain square footage. Therefore, in a groundwater uh, two uh, 
excuse me, groundwater three area, we want 20,000 square feet of groundwater three area. And if a part of that is groundwater two, then we want 40,000 square foot of area so as not to impact it. Moving the house all into groundwater three, still in the operation of the house, you have runoff, you have traffic around the house, everything else um, would still impact into the groundwater two area and possibly damage it. So I agree with um, town staff's interpretation of the groundwater districts. And I think the logic is to uh, protect the groundwater because we need this extra area so as not to impact them and to steal from a more sensitive area to satisfy a least sensitive area is just wrong. I'm done. Thanks, Mike. Okay. Fran, go ahead. Okay. Uh, well, um, I, I, obviously I, I disagree. Well, first of all, I think Marx makes a very valid argument about why it's important to have it in groundwater three, the 20,000 square feet. I though, I guess I just, I disagree with what the, the overall intent is. It is to protect the groundwater and the lines of the two parcels are just lines on a piece of paper. He could very easily go and change those lines and have more than 20,000 square feet in um, groundwater three on the front of the property and totally disregard the back part of the property which, which is in groundwater two. So really the septic is going to be, we're, we're going to protect the groundwater better with the development of these two lots than if we leave it as it is. Um, I don't know what their alternative is. Um, if you know they, they figure out some other way of using the property, I don't know why the line was drawn the way it was, um, but I think it's reasonable to give relief, but I, I, I think it's a valid argument not to as well. I just see, I just see the, it on the other side. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think there's a clear right or wrong, unfortunately. Yeah, anyone else? Well, go ahead. Um, I mean, I guess I would say, you know, I, I mean, I would agree with um, Bob's letter here, which kind of states, you know, sort of the two pronged or the two points, um, the two main points, right? One, that he needs a special permit for the 50-foot extension if he wants to build the house, right? That, you know, sort of straddles both groundwater two and groundwater three, right? And then the second part, which is that, even if you, even if we do grant that, which is what this application is basically asking for, right? He still needs the secondary step, which is we need to grant relief for the additional thirteen thousand or so to get that minimum lot size to be twenty thousand square feet. So even if we look at this application and say, you know, the relief is fine, it still does not get him a buildable lot, right? And so. I just think like, even though the, the applicant disagreed with um, Bob's interpretation, I would tend to side with 
well, you know, town staff and town council and their interpretation of what they are trying to do and what they, the steps they need to go through in order to get what they want to get to the end result, right? But I looked at this application and I don't see what it is that they need to, are asking for, what they need, they need to ask for in this application. So um, I just don't, I just don't think I can, uh, I can approve this request. Okay, thanks. And I've, I've got to say, I agree with Mark and uh, the town officials, Bob and Fred, that it's town's attorney that uh, you know, they're, they're going about this in the wrong, wrong manner. I mean, they don't have to write applications for what they're trying to accomplish. So, okay, anyone else? Susie? I can't vote, but I'll say that I agree as well, because I mean, you can see what they want, but they're not asking for it the correct way. So they need to have their ducks in a row. And so I agree with the town officials, town council, even though I can't vote tonight, just to throw it out there. Thank you. Thanks. Jeff? Sure. Just one comment, because I, I I understand where Fran's coming from, but I'm not sure the underlining, the lines could be moved to give them that much, given that there's already an existing house septic system. Maybe if it was completely, uh, there wasn't a house there, you might be able to take land from one. I'm not sure that there's enough underlying land to give them the two lots in the less restrictive zone. I may be wrong, but, um, and otherwise I do agree with what's been said very well by everyone else. Thanks, Jeff. Okay, Fran, you could. All right, so I mean, and I, I actually think that I don't disagree. I think that Paul just put it better than I did and then Susie um, built on that. I think that there is a way in which that they can get what they want and this, the way it's presented to us doesn't seem to be the right way, but I do think that um, there is relief for for them, it's just not here. I mean, I will give it that much. Okay, thanks. Anyone else? Okay. Anyone hear a motion from anyone? Back? Uh, being that we always uh, put these up in the positive, I move that we grant a special permit to allow um, 50 um, feet of relief into groundwater district three, uh, excuse me, into groundwater district uh, two from groundwater district three for the construction of a dwelling on the property at uh, 44 Lawrence Street. Second. Fran, you second? Yes. Okay, motion's made by Mark and seconded by Fran. All those in favor, Mark? Nay. Fran? No. Paul? No. Brad? No. My vote is no. Okay, closes this hearing. The uh, next item on the agenda is the uh, Minutes consideration of the minutes from January 18th, 
I've run them. They look good to me. I think we have two sets. Don't we have January 18th and the 20th? Yeah, 18th. Yeah, I was going to take them individually. But oh, okay. All right. So we'll I'm do sorry. the 18th and then we'll do the okay. 25th. All right. I move that we accept the minutes from January 18th, 2022 meeting as submitted. Second. Okay. Fran made a motion. Mark seconded it. All those in favor? Fran? Aye. Mark? Aye. Paul? Aye. Brad? Aye. Myself, aye. Okay, and then we have the minutes from the January 25th meeting. And we, we know there, I should have looked at, are they exactly the same as what the planning board had, right? Because it was a joint meeting. Would our minutes be identical? Well, I read them. It looks like they, they're a combination of both meetings. Okay, I just wonder whether if they made change, I mean, I just don't know. Would they make changes that we would agree to or not agree to? I didn't pay attention to their last meeting. I'm just curious. I mean, I don't know whether they accepted them or not, but they're definitely both both boards yeah, in the yeah. same minutes. There's more curiosity. So is that a motion, Fran? All right, I'll move that we accept the minutes of the joint meeting of January 25th, 2022 as submitted. Second. Okay, Fran made the motion. Brad seconded it. All those in favor? Brad? Aye. Fran? Aye. Mark? Aye. Paul? Aye. Myself, aye. Okay, any other business to come before the board? Anyone? Do we have anything for a March meeting? Oh, we have one, one issue. Okay. The I sign. believe there's a, a sign variance that's been requested uh, to be on your agenda for February. You mean for March? Uh, March, yes, thank you. <laughs> Forgot what day it was. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only business it, we it's have. It's March 22nd, correct? Yes. So. Yes. March 22nd. Okay. Yes. From 122nd to the next. Exactly. Yes. Yes. From the two two twos to the three two twos. <laughs> okay, you hear a motion to close or adjourn? I move that we close. Second. Second. Okay, Mark made a motion to adjourn. Brad seconded it. All those in favor? Mark? Aye. Brad? Aye. Paul? Aye. Fran? Aye. Myself?